The following program contains mature content matter. Listener discretion is advised. Giant Monster Productions presents an original episodic series from Antonio and Enzo Ferrara, Tales of the Monster Hunters podcast, Volume 1, Issue 7, A Dark Stormy Night. As darkness set and the rain continued to fall, I pushed on, knowing time was against me and that I had to reach my wife before she gave birth, and our child took its first breath. Haman Singh, Mumbai, 1976. Our story begins on the tumultuous night of June 14, 1991, in the midst of an intense thunderstorm. At General Hospital in Tuxedo City, Stella Domenico, who has been in labor for the past 12 hours for the impending birth of her twin sons, Bruno and Pat. Outside of the room, Stella's father, Joe, has arrived and is being told he is not allowed to enter her room as a big commotion begins between him and two of the staff nurses, one of the orderlies arrives onto the scene. What's going on here? What's going on? What's going on? My daughter, she's about to give me two grand sons, and you keep asking me what's going on here? I'm sorry, sir, but we can't let you go in. Joe notices an eerie flash in the orderly's dark eyes. Okay, okay, my least tell me. How she's doing? Everything's okay, huh? Uh, hey? I don't know how much clearer I can be, Mr. Domenico. But, for the last time, your daughter is doing just fine. See, everyone is okay, sir. So, if you would please go wait in the waiting room, we will let you know once she has delivered your grandsons. And let us take care of your daughter. Okay, okay, Jesuit, okay. Honestly... Joe begins to walk away with the orderly when we hear the roll of a thunder crash in the sky. This storm, she's getting worse, huh? It's strange. The storm began just as your daughter went into labor. Kikatsu, what? What did you say? Huh? The storm began just after Stella went into labor. Is there a problem? No, no problem, no problem. Joe glances behind him at one of the nurses who has been following them and steps towards her and reaches into his pocket. Do me a favor, please. Give this a locket to my daughter. Tell her to keep it close to her heart. Please, please. She'll understand. She'll know what to do. Please. The nurse takes the locket from Joe, who smiles at her, and then walks off down the long hall towards the elevator. Once he has stopped and pushed the button, he looks back at the orderly, who has yet to take his eyes off of Joe, and steps into the open elevator. Once it had reached the ground floor, Joe hurries through the lobby, attracting quizzical and apprehensive glances from various people, and then heads out of the entrance towards where he has parked his yellow pickup truck. Inside, laying on the front seat of the truck, is Ruggiero. Ruggiero, quickly. You have to get changed. Andiamo. Ruggiero looks at Joe for a moment, and then sits up, and Joe watches as Ruggiero's shape begins to change into a man, and groans loudly in the process. Zibono, you okay, huh? You okay? Uh, I'm fine, Joe. You know how it hurts me to change back and forth. Okay, then. Quick. Angela, get dressed. We have to go back inside, Ruggiero. Come on, come on, at least. What's going on? A demon. 
A bad one is coming for the boys. The twins are in trouble. What do you mean? Why would a demon be coming for your grandsons? Why? Why? Because they carry the mark. That's why. You know what happens next. Marked? You mean the hunter's mark? Certo, yes. A mark. Ruggiero, deep in thought, slowly nods at Joe for a moment, and then a sudden realization comes over him. Joe, this has to mean that whoever the father is is a hunter. You're correct, Ruggiero. You want to find out who this bastardo was that took advantage of my poor innocent little girl. I will hunt him down like a dog. Pardon the expression, my old friend. But Joe, I'm curious. Up until tonight, you had no reason to assume the twins were marked. You weren't born with the hunter's mark. How do you know for sure that they are indeed marked? Hmm. I was told the storm didn't hurt until after she go into the labor. How does that prove anything? You know the legend, Rogero. It's bad enough for the storm to happen when one child is born and is marked. Look at this terrible storm going around us. Now there are two that are born. And when two are born, that demon is worse and will come at them from every angle. We have to be ready. Why a storm like this? It's a warning. A warning to all those bastardy monstrosities out there. That a new hunter is being born and that they need to be afraid. Seems kind of dark, don't you think? What do I know? If you have any questions, get on your knees and ask the Lord. As if on cue, Regera looks at Joe as thunder crashes outside. Does anyone know how the hunters are chosen? The cazzo? What do you mean? What kind of a question is this? What do you mean, what do I mean? Babies aren't just randomly born with those marks. Has anyone ever considered that... Maybe a higher power is choosing who gets marked? Yeah? What do you mean? Like God? Yeah. Rogero, you know I'm a practicing Catholic. I do believe in God, but if this is his work, then so be it. So wait, you're just content to not know at all? <laughs> Rogero, nobody knows. Nobody. How can no one know? If I knew the answer, I would tell you, my friend. So it doesn't bother anyone at all. No one has ever sat down and wondered how the first hunter knew that that mark meant they had to go hunt monsters. Basta, basta. Maybe it is written somewhere, I don't know. Somehow, sometime, somebody must have documented it, put it in a book somewhere. Right now, our only concern is getting back inside and making sure the twins are safe. Andiamo, let's go. We need to be ready before the demon comes for them. Joe waits as Rogero gets dressed in the cab of the truck, and then the two of them step out into the night, while rain begins to lash the two as they walk across the parking lot towards the front entrance of the hospital. Dio mio, this storm, she's terrible. This is bad news for us. Bad news, I tell you, Rogero. How so? My daughter, she's having twins. That means two children are marked on this day means one and one thing only. A terrible, terrible, powerful demon is coming for them. Bastardo. Hey, are you making fun of me? Huh? Now you're using my tagline? What did I say? Bastardo. Is he not a bastardo? Si, certo, of course. 
Then let's get going. Joe watches as Rigaud steps ahead of him into the hospital and quickly follows afterwards. Bastardo. As they approach the lobby elevator, they notice the orderly that Joe was talking to earlier outside the maternity ward, along with another orderly standing conspicuously in front of the elevator. Joe. Joe. Hey, what? What are you whispering for? You want to give me a kiss or something? Must stay away or else you know what I'm going to do to you, huh? Do you smell that? Oh, hey, scusa. But you know what the hot peppers they do to me sometimes. They affect different people in different ways. Pardon it. Ruggiero motions to the orderlies in front of them. No, Joe. Those guys smell like sulfur. Hmm. Hmm. I already had a suspicion about this one in front of me. Already I hit. The elevator doors open, and they follow the two orderlies inside. Once inside the elevator, Joe and Ruggiero are standing in front of the orderlies, who tell them they are going to the same floor that they are going to. Ruggiero looks at Joe as he presses the button, and then they both reach into their pockets and pull out small vials of holy water, and turn quickly and splash them on the two orderlies, and they suddenly begin to sizzle and then explode into dust. The elevator stops, and Joe and Ruggiero step out, as the doors close behind them. Joe, would you really kill the father if you ever found out who it is? No. No, I don't think I could. He did give me two beautiful and strong grandsons that one day will take up my mantle when I retire. Well, what are you going to do once you retire? Well, something I always wanted to do. And what's that? I'm going to open my own pizzeria. I can't wait. Up ahead, Mario, Carmen, and Louis are standing in the waiting room. Please remind me again why you dragged me out on such a shitty night. I needed to come and check something. My car was out of gas, and I knew you'd want money afterwards. So I brought Louis here, just in case, to pay you. I thought we were going to Dairy Queen afterwards. We still are, Louis. It's going to be your treat. Yeah! Please don't tell me you're here to hit on that nurse that you met at that bar in Whippy last week. If I already know her, why would I have to hit on her? At that moment, Carmen sees Joe and Ruggiero walk by, their faces set in determination. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, what? I just saw Joe Domenico. What? Where? Are you sure it was him? Sure, as you're here to take that nurse out. Fuck. This is no good. What's wrong? Why is it not good? You don't even know the guy. Hey, Joe. I just saw Mario Lombada, his stepbrother, and uh, that other guy they hunt with in the waiting room. Mario Lombada? Hmm. I knew he was a grandfather. That was one tough son of a bitch. One tough son of a bitch. And a great hunter, I tell you. What happened to him? Meh. He moved back to Sicily. After he trained his grandson and his stepbrother, yeah, I think uh, he opened a winery. Good for him. Glad to bless him. Well, maybe we could get Mario to help us with this demon. Joe suddenly stomps and throws a harsh glance at Ruggiero. No, absolutely not. No outside interference. Basta. Why not? Mario, he's a reckless. His recklessness is not what we need right now to fight these demons. 
he could put the twins in a summit jeopardy. No, I will not have it. How are we going to know who this demon is, Joe? I mean, we got lucky with those two orderlies, but we both know that not all of them give off the smell of sulfur. Hmm. It's too bastardo. He's going to possess somebody, take them over. Someone that can get close enough to my daughter and the boys. Who? We have to figure this out, Rogero. Back in the waiting room, Carmen and Louie watch as Mario paces the floor. So are you going to pace all night, or are you going to tell me what is wrong with you? Now what makes you think something's wrong there, Nancy Drew? The fact you've been pacing back and forth for the last five minutes with an unlit cigarette in your mouth. You do realize we're in a hospital, right, Carmen? You can't smoke in here. Since when has that ever stopped you? Mario groans and rolls his eyes and begins to pace again while Carmen is hit with an epiphany. Oh my god. Oh. My. God. What? Oh my god, what? Louis, go to the cafeteria and get us some coffee, would you? Aw oh man, I wanted to hear what you guys were gonna say. That's okay, Louis. you stay here. I'll go to the cafeteria and get the coffee so that way I don't have to hear what Carmen has to say. Okay, can I have a double-double? One double-double, coming right up. And Carmen, what about you? Milk and sugar. Okay, BRB. Mario begins to walk off, and then Carmen calls out to him. What? What is it? You want something else? The only thing I want is for you to plant your stubborn butt in that seat. Louie, Louie, you go get us the coffee, please. Disappointed, Louie frowns and then walks out of the waiting room. Since the moment Joel Domenico walked by, you have been acting all squirrely. You're a squirrel. Did you do something to him that I don't know about? Oh dear God, please don't tell me that all the people you went and did, it had to be him. Of all the people you could go and piss off, why would it have to be him? Sit all down there, Johnny Cochran. I never did anything to him. Well, not directly, that is. What does that mean, not directly? You have obviously done something with someone he knows, or else you would not be acting this way. After a long sigh, Mario lights his cigarette. You know Joe's got a daughter. Her name's Stella, right? Not directly, but I know of her. Well, you remember that night, around, let's say, nine months ago, when I went out to get cigarettes, and I came back the next morning, yeah, you told me you're talking to some chick, and the next thing you knew, you're back at her place, and oh no. Oh yes. You and his daughter? How the hell did I know who she was? Until she kicked me out and threatened to send her dad after me, if she ever saw me again. You and his daughter? Man, Mario, this is bad. This is really bad. Oh, Mario. Jeez, thanks. I didn't know it was this bad. Then let's get out of here. What are we even sticking around for? About two weeks later, she calls me and she says, Hey, I'm late. I'm in the middle of something, you know. So I told her, well, why don't you just call a fucking cab? Well, after she stops yelling and screaming, she tells you that she's late, late, you know? Oh, dear God. Two days later, she confirms our worst fear. Yep. She's pregnant. She's carrying my child. Obviously, she never told her dad about you. Well, I'm still alive, aren't I? So we're here because she's having the baby tonight? Great guess, Matlock. Great guess. How did you even know she was even due? I know you and Matt, Mario. There's no way you figured this out on your own. 
Well, I got a text earlier from Stella, letting me know what's happening. She's stressed and made a point of saying not to come here tonight. I better not show my face or else. Yet, here we are. Carm, she's not just having a baby. She's having twins. You are listening to Tales of the Monster Hunters podcast. All issues available to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. New issues bi-weekly. Carmen looks outside the window at the intense cloud lightning and then looks back at Mario. The storm outside. That means the twins are marked. Yep. Two new hunters entering this world. Thanks to me. But Mario, those twins aren't even gonna know who their father is. Doesn't that even bother you? Let's face it, Carm. I'm in no condition. I don't even want to be a father right now. So the best thing for them is not even to know that I'm around. Just let them be with their mother. The day's gonna come when I'm gonna be ready. I'll let them know then. But right now, Carmen, it's best that they don't know who I am. Meanwhile, Joe and Ruggiero are standing across from the room Stella is in. When a nurse steps out of the hall, flashes a cordial smile at the two, and begins to walk away. Joe. Teacher what? The nurse. Ah, you little crafty bastard. She's a nicer one. What do you think of that rack is a double D, huh? You little bastardo, you. No, not that. The nurse is someone who can get close to Stella. Ninja. You're right. But if she is a demon, why isn't she here at Stella yet? The boys need to take their first breath. Then it can attack. While the babies are still in the womb, nothing. No demon, no magic, nothing can harm the mother or the babies. Both turn and begin to walk after her as the nurse walks through the door, back into the lobby, and stops by the reception desk. So, what do you think? Eh, I'm not so sure. In the light, she's not that good looking. The only thing that she actually has going for her is that rack. Other than that, forget about it. I wasn't talking about her tits. What do we do? Joe stares at the nurse as she laughs with the receptionist. Ruggiero, Ruggiero, look, look, her eyes, they're not the black. You need to go talk to her. Me? Why me? Because you're the only one here who has a reason to. Your daughter's about to give birth to twins. Son of a bitch, why do I bring you with me for, huh? Well, to cover your back. Well, you're doing a fucking shitty job. Ever tell you this before? Joe glares at Ruggiero and then walks towards the nurse. Uh, yes, Mr. Domenico? Nurse, how's my daughter doing? Everything's okay? Nothing has changed, sir. She has been in labor for over 12 hours. Stella is doing as good as can be expected. Me? Yeah, that's a long time. I can't even begin to... Excuse me, Mr. Domenico. At that moment, a doctor walks into the lobby, and the nurse smiles as she focuses on the doctor. Good evening, Dr. Khan. Terrible weather outside, isn't it? Yes, it is. Have you been out in it? No, I missed the storm. It started shortly after my shift began. Lucky you. How is our patient doing? She is doing fine, doctor. Is that the father? Yes... Been overbearing, has he? Uh, I'm this 
close to giving him a sedative. As Joe begins to walk away, he suddenly stops and does a double take at Dr. Khan, sniffs the air before he steps back to Rogero. What is it, Joe? How could we be so stupid, Rogero? It's the doctor. Are you sure? What do you mean, am I sure? You want to go over there and sniff him for yourself? Okay, nurse. Let's go see my patient. Rigero and Joe watch as Dr. Khan and the nurse begin to move down the hallway. Joe, they're going back to the room. Oh, really? I thought they were going to go for a walk around the hospital. We can't let that doctor get near Stella. The two quickly chase after the doctor once they step through the doors into the hall where Stella's room is located. Joe calls out to the doctor, who looks back at them and tells the nurse to go into Stella's room as Joe and Ricardo approach him. Can I help you, gentlemen? Yes, doctor. You see, the young lady there, Stella, she's my daughter. I just wanted to come over and ask you how she's doing. I know we're supposed to be waiting in the waiting room, but uh, you know how a father can be in a time like this. Your daughter is doing fine, sir. It's been over 12 hours, but she is doing well. Oh, very good, very good. Ah, Rogero, that's good, eh? Yes, very good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank you, Doctor. Now, if there is nothing else, I need to get in there. Actually, Doctor, there is one more thing, one more thing. What's that? Joe looks at Rogero and then back at Dr. Khan and begins to speak a few phrases in Latin to him. After a few moments of speaking with no apparent effect, he stops. I'm sorry, I don't understand what it is you were saying to me. Joe sighs and then looks at Rogero for a moment before he looks back at Dr. Khan, whose eyes are now black orbs. Without warning, Dr. Khan suddenly grabs Joe by the neck in human speed. Foolish mortal, did you really think your pathetic Latin could hurt me? Joe is unable to respond as he feels the demon's grip get tighter around his windpipe. He strains to look at Rogero, who is being pinned up against the wall by the demon's other arm. You have failed your grandson's Joe Domenico. There is no one who can stop me now. Then it's a good thing that daddy's here. The demon's head swivels to see Carmen and Mario standing in the hallway. Hit him, Carmen. The demon looks at Carmen and the open vial of holy water in his hand as Carmen flings the liquid onto his face. No! All four of them watch as Dr. Khan unleashes a sort of shrieking gasp as his body begins to sizzle and smoke before dissolving away until all that's left is a pile of black ashes on the hallway floor. Reckless means dangerous, huh, Joe? You guys okay? Mario Lombarda. But Carmen, he knows my name. You saved my grandsons. That demon. He didn't want the boys to be born. He come to take care of them. And you saved them. Thank God they're okay. Suddenly, they all hear the sound of squalling infants as they turn and look towards the room. Well, congratulations, Grandpa. Carmen turns to Mario and mouths his congratulations to his stepbrother. You go ahead, Joe. I'll be there shortly. Joe nods as he begins to walk towards Stella's room, and then he stops and looks back at Mario. Andiamo, both of you. Come on, let's go meet my grandson. If it wasn't for the both of you, I don't know what would have happened to the grandsons. Carmen looks at Mario, 
who is quiet for a moment before he finally answers Joe. Are you sure, Joe? It's okay. It's a family time. You go be with them. Okay, Rogero. Let's go. No, you go ahead. I'll be there shortly. Joe at last enters the room to meet his grandsons. While outside, Rogero stands watch and stares at both Carmen and Mario. <laughs> so, uh, Rogero, huh? Rogero's only answer is a cold glare from across the hall. What is this guy's problem already? What's the problem, dude? I'm just curious. What did he mean before you two killed the demon when he said, Daddy's here? What? Oh, it's just a saying. It's like saying, like, uh, who's your daddy? Stuff like that. It means nothing. What's the big deal of what he said? What is this, the Inquisition? Is there something either one of you would like to tell me? No. I am alike, and you know. We have keen senses. I'll know if you're hiding anything from me. Fuck him. Pass me a silver bullet. He's a werewolf. And what are you going to shoot him with? Your imagination? Settle down, both of you. Yes, lichens are descendants of werewolves, but that's where the similarities end. Lichens do not associate or hold to werewolf ideology. Besides, if I was a threat, you think the man wouldn't have shot me by now? Yeah, that's so, eh? Where the fuck didn't you know that, Carm? What? Carmen groans while Ruggiero fixes his gaze at Mario. Parca miseria, Ruggiero. Hurry up, get in here, come and meet the twins. Mario Lombardo, I know you're hiding something. Rogero gives Mario one long last look before he steps towards the door and enters the room. You think he suspects anything? No, no. I am sure he's completely in the dark. At that moment, Louis comes walking through the doors, carrying a tray with three coffees. I've been looking all over for you guys. I didn't think I'd find you in the maternity ward. Louis, come on. Let's go down to the third floor, see if we can get an x-ray of your head. I want to see what passes for a brain these days. The three walk off in the direction of the elevator, and Mario lets Carmen and Louie get on first before he takes one last look towards the hallway containing the delivery room before he turns and follows the others into the elevator. 32 years later, the present day, moments after the events of issue 5, Mario had just met Bruno and Pat as adults. He sits in his car, parked across the street, looking back at the pizzeria. Mario sighs and pulls out his phone and dials Carmen's number. Carmen, it's me. Why do you always ask me that when I call you? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm calling you. Guess where I am. What? Oh, you know I've been banned for that place due to bad lighting? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to pay for that private lap dance. Well, if you'll stop assuming, I'll tell you. Fuck, I know I told you to guess. You know what? I don't like your attitude. Maybe I'll call Louie instead. Nah, nah. I'll tell him not to tell you then, smart guy. Don't you worry. Louie listens to me. All right, all right. We won't drag Spongehead into this. Where am I? Mario looks in his rearview mirror at the reflection of the Dominico's Pizzeria. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Must have been some kind of time delay. I don't know. Well, I finally did it. I finally met my sons. No, no, I didn't tell them. Time's not right yet still. I didn't know the day that they were born, and I still don't know. One day, though, Carmen. One day soon. 
Mario starts his car, takes one last glance towards the restaurant, and drives off. Next time on Tales of the Monster Hunters. Ah, uh, stranger danger! Settle down, eager beaver. It was a medical emergency. Can I start? Or do I have to get the rolling pin from the kitchen? Eh? Sadly, yes. Get out of there and end the abomination. You have been listening to Tales of the Monster Hunters. Created, written, directed and produced by Antonio and Enzo Ferrara. This issue of Tales of the Monster Hunters start. Enzo Ferrara as Joe and Mario, Antonio Ferrara as Carmen, Roberta Jackson as Nurse, Paul Cairns as Ruggiero, Paul Siliphant as Louis, Alexander Ferrara as Orderly, and GMP as Dr. Khan. Narrated by Chris Walker. Editing and music by Alexander Ferrara. Coming on Monday, June 19, 2023. Tales of the Monster Hunters, Issue 8, El Primo. This presentation of Tales of the Monster Hunters has been brought to you by Giant Monster Productions. Copyright 2023. To contact Giant Monster Productions, email them at giantmonsterprod@hotmail.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you for listening.